You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-S. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. We're Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and anywhere. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. It is, it's not Victory Monday because there was no game, but it's not Lost Monday either. It is uh, Bye Week Monday, No Game Monday. <laughs> I don't know what we're going to call it, but it is uh, Monday and the Packers play the 49ers this week. And that's where I want to start today's show because the 49ers did in fact beat the Arizona Cardinals on Sunday, 36 to 26. And in another circumstance, you look at that and you'd say, oh, well, 10 point win. They scored 36 points. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, 424 yards, four touchdowns. This was this was a, a dominating performance except that it wasn't. San Francisco needed 19 fourth-quarter points to win this game at home against Kyler Murray and an offense that is pretty inconsistent. And this is something that I think is crucial as we look forward to try and project what this San Francisco team is and what it will be moving forward because there is a lot of evidence out there that particularly early in the season, a, a team's defense is not indicative of what it will be in the second half. The, the, the data is very noisy, but it is also, um, it is, it's, it's compelling to me that there really is very little correlation between what a team is in the first month, two months of the season compared to what it is later in the season. And there is also compelling data that suggests that defense, as we currently measure it as a as a function of yards and points and yards per play and those kinds of measures that we have right now, is really more about who you're playing than how well you're playing. And the 49ers are an excellent example of this. Because if you look at the last three weeks, all right, they have given up over 24 points in each of the last three games. They had not previously given up more than 20. But if you look at the offenses they had faced, 22nd, 30th, 28th, 24th, 21st, 29th, 19th, 15th, 4th, and 15th. Guess which game they lost. Guess which game they allowed the most points. The only three games where they've allowed more than 20 points are against teams with top half of the league offenses, and the one game they lost was against a team with a top five offense. Now, they lost that game in overtime, but to be sure, it did not have to be overtime. Seattle probably should have won that game in regulation. And so I think at this point, it is fair to wonder 
just how good this 49ers defense is and just how good this team is overall. Because yes, Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 424 and four touchdowns, averaged 9.4 yards an attempt. He's got that passer rating up over 115, and you go, oh man, that's nice. He also threw two picks and also needed a furious late game comeback to win this game. Relied heavily on Debo Samuel, a rookie, who had eight catches for 134 against the Cardinals. Emmanuel Sanders, who's coming off an injury, three catches, 33 yards has not been the impact player that they had hoped he would be. And again, the defense did not do what it had done to so many other teams. It did not dominate the Arizona Cardinals. On the ground, the Cardinals averaged 5.4 yards an attempt on 25 carries, 135 yards now. A big chunk of that was Kyler Murray, but even Kenyon Drake averaged over four yards a carry. So if you can run the ball on this team, it makes it easier to throw it because of the balance that it creates, not just with the play-action game, because we've talked about many times, the play-action game is not reliant on the success of the run game, but having that balance, being able to stay balanced, especially for the Packers, is crucial. And for the Cardinals to be in this game all the way, in a game where Kyler Murray only threw for 155, averaged less than five yards an attempt, and they were in this game until the end. It took a late score for San Francisco to pull away and, and earn a double-digit win. This was a game Arizona had had gone up 9-0. They had a 16-10 halftime lead and had a lead late into this game. I mean, it wasn't until 30 seconds left in the third quarter that the 49ers finally took a lead. Finally took a lead. And they go up, you know, they go up 31-26. Excuse me, 30-26. It's weird to say in a game where your quarterback throws for over 400 yards, you score 36 points, that that it was not a particularly impressive win. But that is the circumstance for the 49ers, and they have not been particularly impressive in the last three weeks, despite the fact that they are 2-1 and one in those games, in part because two of those wins are against the Arizona Cardinals, a 3-7-1 team with a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. They've been inconsistent offensively and and very inconsistent defensively. So how how much does that sample size impact how we feel about this team moving forward relative to the admittedly bigger sample size of other games, but against far inferior opponents? And I think there is a lot more for us to learn about what this 49ers defense is against a team like Seattle than there is against a team like Washington, Cleveland, Pittsburgh with Mason Rudolph early on in his tenure, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff. I mean, you guys saw it last night. Jared Goff is bad. Oh my God, is Jared Goff bad? And and he was he was good last year. Let's let's not get it twisted. Jared Goff, for whatever institutional advantages he had, he was good last year and he has been an atrocity this season in the same way Mitch Trubisky has. I mean, what a just awful game to watch last night. Just awful. And if you're the Packers and you're looking at those teams going, you know, they're they're the ones fighting for wildcard spots, you're like, please one of those teams make the playoffs. Please. Please make it. So that that's the team Green Bay can face and not, you know, the Vikings. Or the Seahawks. 
Those are going to be much scarier teams. This is why a first-round bye would be crucial. This is why Sunday's game is crucial. Because Green Bay takes the catbird seat if they can beat San Francisco at home. And that's what they have to be thinking about. And and with Minnesota winning again, and we're going to talk about Minnesota in a little bit, they, they pull a victory from the jaws of defeat, down 20 at halftime to the Broncos at home. They come back and win. The Cowboys win. The teams that needed to win won, even if they did it in an unimpressive style. And so that has to inform the way Green Bay feels about its chances. Not that it matters about, you know, this week how they feel about winning against the 49ers necessarily. But they should absolutely feel like the NFC is wide open for them and that they are as deserving as any other team in the conference. I mean, they have to be feeling like, why not us? Because why not them? You know, 49ers have had some ugly games that they've been able to win because they played trash teams. Green Bay has those trash teams coming up. They get Washington. They get the Giants. They get the Bears with Mitch Trubisky. Who knows? Could be Chase Daniel by then. And it makes these two games, the 49er game and the Minnesota game, that much more important as they jostle for these number one, number two seeds. Because Green Bay getting to play at home when the margin is this small, when there are no dominating teams, I think Green Bay has to feel like they can go to any road venue in the NFC and win a game. No team has has been so dominant and looked so impressive in every game that Green Bay should feel or, or Green Bay fans should feel that they can't go to that arena and get a win. There, there is no team like that. And especially New England doesn't look great. I mean, right now the best team in the NFL looks like the Baltimore Ravens absolutely destroyed the Texans, and and this comes on the heels of beating the Patriots handily. For whatever you want to say about that offense with Greg Roman and what they've done, I mean, Lamar Jackson has been awesome this year. He's been awesome. Green Bay has a quarterback that can tilt the field that way, even though he does it in a different manner. And he doesn't have to do it every week. He doesn't. And I know that that is distressing and and strange and discombobulating for a lot of fans, but they don't need Aaron Rodgers to do it like this every week. They don't need him to be Oakland Raiders Aaron Rodgers every week. But against these good teams, and San Francisco hasn't played very many, and they've really only played the one, and that was Seattle, and they lost. I mean, we're talking about games where they gave up more than 20, you know, that the Two of those are against a, a three-win Cardinals team through 11 weeks of the season. And I know the Cardinals have a decent offense. Their, their DVOA is probably going to go up after this week. But, I mean, come on. Come on. If Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw interceptions, they're going to give the ball away like that, they're going to lose to good teams. They're going to lose to Seattle. They're going to lose to the New Orleans and the Minnesotas and the Green Bays of the NFC, even the Dallases of the NFC. I mean, this, it's not that they're a paper tiger because at this point you're 9-1 and one, you know, through 10 weeks, through 10 games, and, and you know, have been impressive in some of those games as they have been. They're not paper tigers per se, but they're certainly not dominant. They can be. They've shown they can be against bad teams. Against good teams, the battles have been much more ferocious, and they have needed 
second half comebacks. They, they, you know, they beat the Cardinals on Thursday night by three, and that was a game Arizona got out to a little bit of an early lead. And I know Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, he 300 yards in that game, four touchdowns in that game. You know, the, the Packers' defense is better than the Cardinals' defense. And the Seahawks' defense isn't really, you know, much better than what Arizona has. The Seahawks' defense is bad. Yet Jimmy G struggled in that game. They couldn't get the running game going. And they lost. And they lost in part because in a big game, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't come through. And if you're having a problem coming through, BlueChew.com can help. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform, it's for any guy who wants a little extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. BlueChew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. When you use our promo code Locked On. just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On to try it free. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. I want to talk about the Vikings because, you know, they, they start the season wonky. You know, they beat a Falcons team that turns out, you know, was, was not playing very well. They've looked much better the last two weeks. You know, they start out two and two. They, they have the loss to Green Bay, an ugly loss to the Bears where they score six points, and then they go on a win streak. But they go on a win streak against the Giants, against Washington. They were, they were, they were impressive against the Eagles. That's a, that's a quality win. They beat them 38-20. They beat the Lions. Um, but they, they beat Washington on a weird primetime game by, by 10 in a game that really was a lot closer than that, and that's not great. They lose to the Chiefs. The Cowboys win is is a good win, 28-24. And then they beat the Broncos 27-23 in a game where they're down 20 to nothing at halftime against Brandon freaking Allen. And they come back to win. I don't I don't want to rehash what happened at the goal line, but three straight passing plays inside the 5-yard line for Denver. All three you could make the argument should have been defensive pass interference. 
and no calls, not a single call, not a call on one of them. And, you know, the Vikings fans are pretty happy about this and whatever, but the Vikings are 8-3. and three. And if the Packers go to San Francisco and lose, they will also be 8-3. and three. Now, Green Bay will stay at the top of the NFC North because they have a, de- a better division record. Minnesota has the two conference losses. And this right now is the chit the Packers hold in the competition with the Minnesota Vikings. The problem is if Green Bay loses to San Francisco, the one matchup that they have left is in Minnesota. And if Green Bay loses that game, they have to hope Minnesota drops another game at some point at the end of the season. And that includes a game against the Lions in two weeks where Matthew Stafford is unlikely to play. And it includes a game in week 17 against a Chicago Bears team that will have nothing to play for. Now, the other games on the schedule, they have at Seattle in two weeks, and they have at the Chargers in mid-December in a primetime game. Primetime for now. We'll see if that game gets flexed out. Now, they could lose those other games. But if Green Bay loses to San Francisco, they have the same record with a game in Minnesota. And while Minnesota would have... At the time, a record tiebreaker. I mean, we'll everything could change. Let's add that caveat. Everything record-wise could change. So, if if Minnesota loses to Seattle, and and Green Bay loses to San Francisco, let's say, then if Green Bay loses to Minnesota but wins its other games, and both teams finish twelve and four, Green Bay wins the division and gets the higher seed in the postseason. What gets complicated is if Green Bay loses to San Francisco and let's say Minnesota beats Seattle and they beat Detroit and they beat the Chargers, then Green Bay could be going on a Monday night to Minnesota Christmas week and have to beat the Vikings in that glass case of emotions that they built in Minneapolis, that bird-killing box, and try and win to save the division title because you don't expect that Mitch Trubisky or Chase Daniel or, you know, I mean, really Colin Kaepernick is going to go to Minnesota last week of the season with nothing to play for for the Bears and beat Minnesota. Now, that would be very Vikings. It would be very Vikings to lose a game like that and to blow their season in that manner. But that makes the, the Vikings... Pulling this game out keeps the pressure on Green Bay. And it's not as though coming out of the bye, Green Bay didn't have all of this incentive to win this game. Of course it did. And this is a huge game. And if you want to be the number one seed in the NFC, you got to win. It's not It's not that. Motivation is not a problem. It is, it is now a, a question of mathematics. Can you get enough wins if you don't beat the 49ers? Obviously, beating the the Vikings makes that a lot easier. Duh. You beat the Vikings, you've solved your problem. Lose to the 49ers, cool, whatever, fine. And win out. Problem solved. You're 13-3, and and the the 49ers have a brutal schedule to close. Maybe they get to 12-4. and Maybe they, they, they bank that extra loss. But even if they don't, you're in good shape to still get the two seed. Because of what's gone on with New Orleans, 
and you know what, what's going on in in their division now they could also you know you lose to san francisco you go beat minnesota you go 13 and 3 you're probably going to get the two seed you can do it in reverse order you can do it in reverse you can beat the 49ers right and now you have the tiebreaker over san francisco and still go lose to minnesota if you win your other games because that gets you to 13 and 3 and then you hold the tiebreaker over San Francisco. They still have some some eminently losable games. They still have to play. They still have to go. So their next their next three. They are they're home for Green Bay at Baltimore at New Orleans and then home for the suddenly resurgent Falcons. Plus again home for the Rams at Seattle. Their their schedule to close is brutal, brutal. I mean, if you if you are Green Bay and you hand San Francisco a loss this Sunday, they it is not crazy that they could end up an eleven and five three seed. It's not crazy at all for Green Bay. If Green Bay beats San Francisco this week, if Green Bay wins, it's not crazy to project forward looking at this schedule that if Green Bay wins on Sunday. That San Francisco could end the season an 11 and 5, 6 seed. It's not crazy because they lose to Green Bay. Let's say they lose in Baltimore, in New Orleans. All of a sudden, that's four losses. You go to Seattle week 17, you lose that game. Well, if you lose that game, you're probably not winning the division. Seattle is probably going to be a 12 and 4 team if that's what's going on, or certainly going to have the division tiebreaker. And then you have a Minnesota team that could absolutely be twelve and four, and get and and have to be a five seed. I mean, they could they could be going from an undefeated team, the last undefeated team, to a six seed. That is not inconceivable. It would take a lot. It's not, it's certainly not inconceivable. It, it like it's not even it's it is so conceivable to the point that it is legitimately in play. Because they're not going to be favored in Baltimore. They're not going to be favored in New Orleans. And they're not going to be favored in Seattle, probably. Especially if they lose those road games. And these are the best teams they've played all year. And back to the original point. They have not looked dominant when they've had to play even decent teams. I mean, they dominated Carolina. Carolina, we've seen. I mean, we saw Sunday. That's an that is a talented but inconsistent team. They are they are prone to games where they get dominated. All of this is to say what is on the line for Green Bay this Sunday. It's not everything because if you beat Minnesota, you're going to win the division and you're probably going to be at least a 3 seed if not a 2 seed, but winning this game on Sunday not only could set them up on the trajectory that they need to be on to make a run in the NFC playoffs, but could start a negative run for San Francisco. That means that Green Bay can avoid them in the NFC playoffs come January. All right, absolutely massive week for the Packers. I mean, we just went over the the million ways that it's important for this team. But when you look at some of the injuries coming off the bye, Marquez Valdez-Scantling banged up. David Bakhtiari banged up. Kenny Clark coming off an injury and finally looking like himself. Maybe this rest and relaxation is exactly what 
his injured calf needed. Maybe Aaron Rodgers' knee needed a little bit of time and he's going to come back rested and rejuvenated. This team, David Bakhtiari, just, just resting the legs of guys like Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. This is the time of year where Green Bay needs to get it in gear. And, and NFL players will tell you, NFL coaches will tell you, you really aren't who you are until after Halloween. Well, here we are. This is their opportunity to be that. And Green Bay is in control. Because if they win these games, they go and they win these big games for them. Road games. Not easy games. I mean, no one should should take what San Francisco did and say, okay, well, it's going to be easy for Green Bay to go get a win. No, no, no. Seattle had to fight tooth and damn nail to get a win in overtime against the 49ers. Now, I think Green Bay is better than Seattle and has been better than Seattle. They're certainly a more balanced team than the Seahawks. I think they have a better offensive play caller. Russell Wilson has played better than Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, that is not an easy thing for me to say, but I think it is the truth, and therefore I must. It is incumbent upon me to tell you that I think that that's true. These are games that Green Bay is going to have to struggle to win. There are no easy ones when you're fighting for NFC playoff positioning, even against Washington, even against New York. Those are not givens because you have a young team that has not won a lot together. You know, Aaron Rodgers has been in in these big games and David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga and Mike Patton has been in these games and Kenny Clark has been in some of these games. But your your defensive stars, your defensive leaders, Darius Smith has never been in a big game in the playoffs, really. Not really, not not as a star player. Preston Smith, no way. Jair Alexander. Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Aaron Jones. These guys have not been in big games. And so they're going to need the Rodgers and and the Bakhtiaris and the Bulagas to step forward. I mean, it's certainly the case that San Francisco, same deal. And we talked about that last week. It's the biggest game for basically every player on that roster, the coaches, everything. Certainly Kyle Shanahan as a head coach, it's his biggest game, but it's it's Matt LaFleur's too. He just doesn't have, you know, a, a future Hall of Fame quarterback to lean on. He's got a guy who has been as turnover prone as any quarterback in football. All right, we're gonna be back tomorrow, expert Tuesday, uh, opponent Wednesday, and then our scouting report on Thursday. If we can get a second uh, interview uh, scheduled for Thursday, we will do that, and then our Friday live show as always coming up for what is the biggest game of the season, the 9-1 49ers, the 8-2 Green Bay Packers. It is an NFC showdown on Sunday night in prime time. It is going to be awesome, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. This is this is what you're a fan for. This is why you watch. This is These are the kinds of games that, that I do this for a living to be a part of. It is the kind of game that made me excited growing up to watch and follow and fall in love with football. So all we can hope for is a good game. If you want to show your support for the show, I would appreciate it. Subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Leave a review, five stars. Share us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, whatever the other youths are using. That I'm, I can you? T- I don't think you can. Well, you probably could do a TikTok to something I was saying, which would be weird, but. I suppose you could do it. And if you do it, tweet me with a video of it. 
I would love to see it. Um, you can uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. That'd be a good place for you to send those videos. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.